You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 44. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're listening to the Q's Podcast on your way home from work, during your workout routine, drinking your morning coffee, or however you choose to listen to the show, we appreciate you sharing the news about the podcast with your colleagues and friends. Some of you have reached out to us, and if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at cues.org. That is podcast at cues.org. If this is your first time you found us, welcome, and thank you for joining us. We use this forum as a means to talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. Today's episode is a special one, and I think you'll agree with our guest when she says, costly communication breakdowns often happen on work teams because of simple misunderstandings. If not dealt with, your team can lose forward movement and productivity and engagement can suffer. Our special guest for today is Carla Rieger. Carla is a communication expert and director of the Artistry of Change Training Incorporated, a consulting firm based in Vancouver since 1991. She has written four books on change, creativity, and conflict resolution, and is a regular columnist for several publications. Her clients include a large international base. Carla is a frequent trainer, facilitator, coach, and speaker. We invited her to speak at our 2017 Q's Executive Summit. Afterwards, we had a chance to sit down and chat. I found this interview personally valuable, and I invite you to share this episode with your entire team as Carla discusses some very action-oriented steps to allow you and your team to be more effective communicators. Some key takeaways include identifying the five modes of communication, aid in phrasing statements to bring out the best in your communication, and identifying the qualities of highly effective communicators. Let's quickly jump to my interview with communication expert, Carla Rieger. Carla, thank you for being part of the Q's podcast. We're going to today discuss relationships, and of course, relationships are so important in credit union between personnel as they are in all walks of life. What are some perspectives that can hinder relationships? Well, I find, you know, a lot of people try to deal with the behavior that people have that don't work. But if you can uncover what's the deep core belief, perspective, outlook, sometimes you can nip it in the bud right there and the behavior changes. So, for example, some people believe that conflict is bad. You know, if you came from a family like I did where, you know, we were British and you never had confrontation. But some people came from, say, an Italian family where if people weren't fighting all the time, then it meant you didn't care about people. So, you know, if someone who thinks that conflict is bad might not bring up an important issue because they don't want to risk conflict and then they're not getting their needs met and they that can lead to passive aggressive behavior or them quitting and so if you can help them see that certain kinds of conflict is okay it's how it's done all of a sudden that behavior is changing and they're speaking up and feeling safe to do so that's an example now i know you referenced earlier two different types of levels one is a perspective level and one is the action level. Can you discuss the sequence of those and, and what you kind of were discussing earlier? Yeah, I find, say somebody's being really righteous, right? They just want their idea and they're not open to other ideas. Sometimes I like to go, okay, that's the behavior, but what's underneath that? And often, you know, they might have a perspective that it's more important to be right than to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> like being right for them feels 
you know, safe even that to not be right means something about who they are as a person. And so if you can get down to that level with them and help them break free of that, then all of a sudden they're not doing that anymore. And so that's why I like to start with perspective or another word is like a core belief about life. Carla, you reference the Thomas Kilman communication model. There are five modes of communication, competing, collaborating, avoiding, accommodating, and compromising. Can you discuss a little bit about each one? Yeah, well, competing is where I win, you lose. And that's really common. And, you know, accommodating is the opposite. You win, I lose. And avoiding is we both lose. Compromise is we partly both win, we partly both lose. And then collaborating is win-win. And we have to hear people say, oh, we need win-win outcomes. We need to be collaborative. But people don't understand that collaboration takes a lot of skill and a lot of time. And so sometimes it actually makes more sense to communicate in the other modes. Like, you know, how people say, pick your battles. And so sometimes avoiding a conflict about something that's low stakes, that isn't important, is actually the most appropriate communication mode that you might want to be in. Or accommodating where you lose and somebody else wins might be appropriate if, for example, the goal for the other person is really important and not so important to you. Like, say, with your children, right? We often accommodate and go do spend all day at a child's birthday party when really you'd love to be at the spa. Because <laughs> 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 we do that for, you know, we the relationship's important and the goal. And sometimes competing is important and people don't realize that. Sometimes, you know, I need to win my goal. It's more important than it is for you in this situation. So that if you can help people understand that, and in some situations, like say an emergency room situation, it's very competitive, right? The doctor has the last say because there's a time limit. And there's, you know, the stakes are really high, Mm -hmm. making decisions quickly. So I find that people can, oh, and compromising was the last one. Compromising is useful when you really want to have, that you care about the relationship, the goal is important, but you don't have a lot of time. So that's sort of the precursor to collaboration. And when you want to collaborate is when the relationships are really important and the goal is important. And the example I often give is, say, you're discussing the estate of your parents amongst your siblings. And the estate is very lucrative. You know, there's real estate money involved that would make a big difference in your life if you had it. But you also really care about the relationships and you don't want to, you know, take something that's going to make your brother hate you for 20 years kind of thing. (laughs) So then you would take the time and energy to collaborate, maybe even get a mediator to help you if you don't have the skill set. So it's about recognizing the four modes of communication. Five, actually. There's five. Sorry. It's about recognizing, thank you, the five modes of communication and understanding when they might be useful and when we shouldn't perhaps use them. Yeah. The thing you don't want to do is get stuck in your comfort zone with the one you use all the time. Like some people are just accommodate all the time and then never get their needs met. Some people compete all the time and they always have to have things their way. And so they're going to have burned a lot of bridges in their life. Right. So if you can switch styles, depending on the circumstance, that's somebody who's a good communicator, an excellent communicator. Sounds like you don't want to be too comfortable due to, you know, human nature. We tend like to stay in our little groove. But, you know, this is good because I think it'll help our listeners be conscious of this, which then leads to phrasing things, phrasing statements that you make in communication with individuals or a group. 
the way you phrase your statement is, you know, it's a collaborative intent, isn't it? Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, when you have a sticky conversation to have with somebody and the, if you sit down with them, the first thing you say out of your mouth is, I really want to find something that works for both of us. That can create in the other person a feeling of safety. Their defenses come down and they get more open. If you don't say it, what people usually assume is that you want to have things your way and their defenses are up and it's harder to get to resolution. Say there's two employees that are fighting with each other and you're coming in to help them sort it out and you are afraid some one of the other are going to think you're going to be, you know, favoritizing one of them. So then you say, look, I really want to find something that's going to work for both of you and for me and for the people that you're serving. And so you sort of almost stating an intention and then people move towards the intention. Okay. For example, let's say you're called upon to sort of settle dispute between two employees. Two employees are sort of fighting with each other. Perhaps one of the people in the argument may feel there is some favoritism or might lean towards a certain way. Yeah. Often conflicts between an, an employee are often do involve their, the person they report to, you know, <laughs> and so they're afraid there's some favoritism going on or they're not getting something that other people are. And so you want to just really create a safe environment for people to be open and honest. And most people won't be open and honest if they're afraid they're going to lose something. Like they're going to lose face. They're going to lose their job. They're going to lose respect. And, but you can't resolve something if people aren't willing to be honest. So sometimes stating a collaborative intent. So helps phrasing them. that statement would be something like say, uh, I really like to find something that works for everybody. I really want uh, to you to feel comfortable to say whatever it is that's important to be said. You may even want to say, you know, there's no repercussions for, you know, you telling the truth because we really just want to get down to the root of this and, and have it work for everybody. It sort of depends on the topic or the issue at hand. Perhaps if you could share some ideas for guidelines for communicating. Yeah. Well, we ended today with that because it was sort of a way of integrating all the good habits of mind. And I find that if people aren't given guidelines about how to communicate, they'll default to bad habits. But everyone has the ability to have good communication skills. And so, you know, there are things like everyone participates in the conversation or that you stay curious when somebody says something you don't agree with, instead of going, well, I don't agree with that, you would say, oh, what makes you say that? What's important to you about that? Those are the kind of guidelines. And if people come up with the guidelines, the group themselves, and then read them out before they have a meeting, people will have buy-in and they'll also, I find, behave better. (laughs) So people who annoy you in a meeting will be much more easy to work with. And if they do go off the guidelines, you have the guidelines to refer back to and you can do it in a playful way. You know, you don't have to go, you're not following the guidelines. You can say something. Some people have, you know, like a little Nerf ball they'll throw over to someone. Oh, remember we were going to talk about what we want instead of what we don't want. So you don't want this meeting to go on too long. So it sounds like what you do want is the meeting to end on time. So can you just say it like that? Great. And then it's just 
we're all humans on our journey of learning how to communicate better. Right. Nobody's bad or wrong for making a mistake. And that just keeps it playful and light. Wonderful. And you kept it very playful and light in the session. People really enjoyed it. And I want to thank you for serving as presenter for our Q's Executive Summit event. And again, thank you for our podcast. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks, James. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast from Q's. If you have not yet subscribed to the Q's podcast, I encourage you to do so. The great benefit of subscribing to the podcast is that all episodes will be automatically uploaded to your device. So that means you'll never miss a single episode. You can subscribe to the Q's podcast in all major podcast directories such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget to listen to our past episodes. We think you'll find them rich in content and be of service to you. Also, if you have a chance to leave us a rating and comment on the podcast directory that you chose, that would be great. That gesture helps us get the word out to even more dedicated credit union professionals like you. And don't forget to spread the news about the podcast to your colleagues and friends. I spoke with Carla at last year's Execu Summit event. We are excited for this year's speakers. Now is a great time to register for this event. The 2018 Q's Execu Summit event takes place March 11th through the 16th at the Summit at Big Sky in Big Sky, Montana. Visit Q's.org slash ES. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.